This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Hello. Hi. Hi. So today we are doing the interview series part two, which is when I'm going to be interviewing Jane Stark. So uh, without further ado, I think we'll just hop right into some of these questions. If you missed last the last episode, Jane interviewed me. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. And we hope you enjoy this illuminating interview. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure uh, with Jane. So uh We've got about eight questions. There's going to be some stories in between, and we'll just go from here. So our first question is a little bit generic, but tell us about your journey and how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Yeah. How did I get to where I was today? So I'm going to start probably just out of high school. I, I grew up in just out in a suburb of Vancouver. And then I graduated high school and went to university for a couple of years. About two years into uh, my time over in Victoria, actually, when Jen's Jen's <laughs> neck of the woods, I I kind of got a little lost. I didn't really know what I was doing, what I was going to school for. And so much to my parents' dismay, I told them that I was taking a pause on university after two years and going to come back to the lower mainland and figure out what I was what I was to do. So I did that, moved home moved up to Whistler actually for a couple of years. I grew up, um, I've kind of grown up as a skier and in the mountains, My I have a, a mountain family. And so that was kind of like a second home to me. So did what a lot of 20 year olds do and decided to move up there and become a bit of a ski bum. And that's actually though, what got me um, back on my school path. I I was working at a couple of different jobs, decided I really liked the events in the marketing industry and started looking um, to what I could do for that. So I moved back to the city, went to BCIT, met my now husband uh, mm-hmm. at BCIT way back then and did marketing, studied marketing. I have worked in marketing for the past, I don't know how many years ago that was, can't do that math now, but 13, 14 <laughs> years. Um, and through that journey, I was really out of alignment. Let's say I was out of energetic alignment. I bought into the idea of the hustle and the grind. And, um, you know, my husband also did marketing, but he did a sales focus. So sales and marketing, I mean, there's a lot of different industries that really buy into it, but I'd say sales and marketing, definitely there's a, it's shifting, but there was, there's always been this mentality of, you know, hustle and work, work, work. And so I was fully bought into that. I, have two children. Um, I have two daughters. And mm-hmm. when after having the two of them, actually, one pause, I'll, I'll note one specific moment was when I was eight weeks pregnant with my second daughter, I was in a job that I was really unhappy in just wasn't 
wasn't my jam at all. And I knew I needed to get out of there. It felt really toxic. And that's what sort of, I had a number of connections in the previous industry I was in, and that made me finally look and go, I wonder if I could work for myself. Like, perhaps I'm not meant to work for the man. Um, and so I decided that I was going to go out on my own and launch my own marketing consulting um, business. And I found out I was eight weeks pregnant <laughs> right at the time that I had decided wow. to do that. Yeah. With our second. And that taught me a lot because one of the things that I realized was that once I've made my mind up on something, there was no going back. So right. I had made my mind up that I was going to do this. And I had started, I hadn't actually given notice, but I had laid the plans to do it. And you know, I remember going through this time of, oh my gosh, like I could stay, it's only eight or nine more months. I could have a full maternity leave and then I could decide what I want to do, but I couldn't do it. Like my soul was like, no, nope, yeah. it will, it, it's soul sucking. And so I, I'm so fortunate to have a supportive husband and with the support of my husband, it was like, Hey, no, this is what you need to do. Do it. Yeah. So I left that, um, I left that job and started working as a consultant um, and then had my second daughter. And I took some time off with her. Um, I took some time off with her. And when I went back to work, I had the superwoman complex mm -hmm. and I thought I could do it all. I yeah. really, I was really bought into this idea that I could be a successful entrepreneur. I had two little children. My husband at the time, while I was off, off taking some time off with my, my girls, he did a career change and ended up in a job that required travel. So now I had a husband that traveled for work <laughs> on top of it all, but I didn't see any of that. I was like, okay, no, it's okay. Like I've got this. Um, Long story short, I didn't have it. <laughs> I yep. ended up with a number of health challenges, physical health, mental health. I just was not coping. I was a hot mess. And so as hard as that time was, it really became a journey to where I am today. And I slowly started to have to really look at what I was doing, what I was bought into and what my priorities were. And so it was a a journey at what is my daughter's turning nine in a couple of weeks. So it's been a, almost an eight, eight year journey of rediscovering myself or maybe perhaps just discovering who I was. And so I went through a number of health challenges and um, started just creating my own path. And that the physical health led to working on my mental health, which then led to working on spirituality and my spiritual health. And in 2017, I made the choice to look at what I was doing with the marketing consulting and decide that that maybe wasn't the path that I wanted to pursue long-term. And so I signed up for a health coaching um, certification program and became a certified health and life coach. And for the past two and a half years, three years, I've been juggling both. In all honesty, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, um, a do, uh, what's the word, a double pronged approach, but yeah. I'm currently building up my coaching business while also still keeping my hand in the, uh, in the, um, the coaching piece as, or sorry, in the marketing piece. So that was great. You talked about this double pronged approach to, um, your life and this coaching piece. Now this kind of 
sort of leads, you've referenced it in some of your story before about one of the biggest struggles or challenges, some of the biggest struggles or challenges that you've had to overcome um, in your journey or your life so far. So if you want to go into mm. some of that, we'd love to hear more. <laughs> oh, where to start, hey? Oh, where to start. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean, one of them definitely was post-children, become motherhood, becoming a mother and really yeah. peeling back what that looked like, what that meant. <sighs> What are some other ones? I mean, becoming an entrepreneur is the other big one, right? That yeah. we all sort of, and and it's even, it's shifted and changed as I've shifted my entrepreneurial journey. I yes. found, you know, to go into and be running a business where you're a project manager and a marketing consultant is very different from starting a business as a coach and yeah. where it really is, it's much more personal. Mm -hmm. And so that's been, you know, the last two, three years, I, I did a lot of the personal work just in my own healing process leading into that, but then shifting into actually looking at potentially wanting to be the coach and using my experience to help support and guide others has been another layer of really peeling back and overcoming, you know, my own my own limiting beliefs, my own blocks. And one of the biggest challenges that I had to learn was dropping into my heart mm -hmm. and getting out of my head. Uh, I've always been somebody who, you know, is very much, was very much in my head. And I still am. I've had my, my coach recently told me, he's like, do you want to know what your block is? I'm like, yeah, tell me. He's like, you're too in your head. You're always too in your head. I'm like, no. <laughs> and yet I'm a very heart-based like person, Yeah. but it's something I've had to learn. Yes. And every time I, I mean, now I feel like I've, I really have embodied that, but it was a really big struggle for a lot of years. It became a battle um, right. for a while there, right? The head and the heart. And, totally. and so that was a really big struggle for me. I remember back in the beginning of my journey, my health journey, I had somebody say to me, you know, Jane, like you're living from the neck up. <laughs> And it was really profound. It's something that has stuck with me yeah. ever since then, because that was when I was really not feeling well, but she's like, your body is screaming at you. And I didn't want to listen to it. And so having to, you know, a big piece of my journey is, is, is listening, learning to listen to my body and really deeply learning to trust, uh, yeah. trust that part of myself. And then I'd say one other one that I'd share is the journey of into, how do I phrase this, into seeing myself and honoring and validating myself so that I can be validated and witnessed by others. And so the oh, so big and the fact that you can even put words to it is, is a beautiful thing. So yeah, I'm thank actually you for surprised. That. You're welcome. Yeah. And, and that comes out of um, when I had my first daughter, uh, I had a near-death experience with her. It wasn't, without going into all the details of how that story went down, it actually wasn't until about seven years after her birth that I actually was validated and realized that that's the experience that I had. I carried around a lot of trauma from that for a mm -hmm. lot of years. And once I finally had somebody, a psychologist witness that and sort of say to me, you know, that's what you, it, what it was, right? It 
it unraveled everything for me. And it made me again, I guess it's similar to the learning was similar to what I just shared with the other one in terms of that trusting, like, I'm like, I yeah. knew in my soul that yeah. something big had shifted and something had happened, but I didn't have the words. I didn't trust myself. I wasn't connected enough and I was shutting off. And so, um, overcoming that and, and healing that experience has, yeah. has been, yeah, phenomenal for me and has now allowed me to step more fully, I think as well into owning my experiences and being able to put words to them and being able to share them and, and feel validated and confident in, in what it is. I've had a few other experiences, um, as well that kind of tie into this being a little bit written off or not feeling like people are seeing me. So yeah, that's been something kind of through my life that I'm working yeah, to really overcome and bring into the work I do today. So beautiful. Oh, thank you for sharing. We all, I mean, everyone has these life struggles and experiences to a certain 100%. extent. And it's it's when we can recognize and even give words to the overcoming of those experiences and the, and even if you haven't quote unquote dealt with the trauma, whatever that means mm -hmm. for you in that point in time that, you know, for whomever it is experiencing that in that point in time, everyone deserves the recognition and the support of having had that experience and lived and thrived through it. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. I do. Yeah, definitely. Right. And we, but we also have to be able to witness and own our experiences for ourselves. Definitely. Too. Definitely. And the way to that is often to be witnessed and have that support of the other. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. Oh, super powerful journey. Mm -hmm. All right. So this kind of leads very nicely into the next question in terms of what fires you up about what, about the work that you do? <sighs> Yeah, that's a big question. No. So how do I put words to this? I mean, it's, it's about creating, I think for me, I feel so fortunate that through my life and through my journey, I have been able to bring in or find those people that have been key people in my, in my journey and my growth and my healing and all of it. And I would love to be that person for others. Like mm. it's it's the part of the giving back, right? I want to be able to do what was given to me for others. I also, so that really fires me up to create that safe, sacred space to support people in their own transformation because I've ultimately seen as well through mine that it's not, somebody else is not healing me really. It's mm -hmm. me doing the work. They're facilitating it. They're supporting me. I mean, I have built myself a, a support network that I absolutely love and I'm so, so grateful for. But I've also learned that it's actually my own. It's me doing my work. Yeah. And so if I can support and be that guide and that facilitator for others, that fires me up. Uh, my kids, it, it sounds so cliche, like, my children are my reason, <laughs> but you know, I have two highly sensitive girls and I, it doesn't, you know, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I am definitely a highly sensitive person as well. And so I see though the world differently now, like, and, yeah. and I, I want to give them every opportunity that I can to live their true 
design and their true purpose. And so the work that I do and the things that I'm, I'm passionate about, I always have that in the back of my mind of, I want to demonstrate for this, for them. I want to, as, as I think any parent does, um, but you know that, so that's, that's another piece that fires me up. And I think the third thing is seeing things. So Jen and I are both projectors in human design. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's some human design elements that I'm sure will come into our podcast. We're both um, quite interested and fascinated by that framework. And so a projector in human design is somebody where our type is the seer, the guide, the the eagle right we have the ability to sometimes see things that other people can't see and so as I've moved more into I think I mentioned earlier like I was I was out of energetic alignment for a lot of my life yeah and now I am aligned like I I feel I mean it's it's an ever going ongoing journey but I feel so much more aligned into who I am and into my human design and so that piece of being able to see things that others can't it's always been there and I've always kind of known it but I've never understood it and now I understand it and it fires me up so much to be able to support others or initiatives things out there to see the gap or to see things that are missing and and kind of be able to use my projector ness (laughs) um for the greater good yeah Uh, so yeah that's great those are the key things. Those are the, that's great. And another sort of aspect um, I'll add to this projector piece is that projectors can see really well for others, but they can't always see clearly yes. for themselves. Yeah. And so we quite often, unless we have the support network to help us uh, get in our own lives and our own selves into alignment, it can be a very trying process and challenging process. And so a lot of projectors do spend a good chunk of their lives out of alignment. Yes. Um, and both Jane and I experienced, have experienced that. Um, you'll hear more about that in other episodes. I think I, I was, I think that human design will be peppered throughout these. I definitely think so. These conversations. So this brings us to the next question around cultivating your inner rebel. So Mm -hmm. we talk about this, um, in sort of the no halos here context, it comes out in the name of our podcast, but what does cultivating your inner rebel mean to you? Yeah, I guess it's interesting. I mean, I consider myself a fairly, you know, to look at me, I'm a Caucasian woman, um, you know, but I always have, I look fairly, quote, I don't even like to use the word, but quote unquote normal. Um, But I believe we all have this inner rebel and it's not a, it's not rebel in a negative way. It's this challenging the status quo. It's one thing I've really noticed, like now that I'm, I know myself on such a deeper level. I've see how it's always been there in my life, but I've always challenged the status quo a little bit. I've always, and it's not like I'm not the the rebel that's out there pushing massive boundaries, but I'm yes. always questioning. And I think, and I'm curious, and I always want to look at things from different angles and question what's going on and see both sides of things. And so for me, that is part of cultivating my inner rebel. It's it's being a little bit different or like I say, challenging something a little bit. It's, you know, if you're going to go, if everybody's going left, mm, I might go right, or I might at least explore right and then go left. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, it's, I'm not saying I don't go against everything, but you know, I do, 
I do like to challenge the status quo and I do like to, I mean, I call it critic, like you can call it critical thinking, yeah, whatever it is, but it's, I like to look at, at all sides of things and really question and formulate my opinions or my direction or whatever I'm going to do from that place. And as, as easy as that sounds, or mm-hmm. I think it sounds when I'm saying it out loud, it's actually not that easy in, in life. I look at, you know, even the way I operated for a long time, yeah. it was sort of, you know, it's like, oh, it's easier to go with the crowd, to go with the flow. And to me now, I understand that that's completely denying my totally self, my soul. So yeah, yeah I think you go. totally nailed it there in the sense of that inner rebel if we don't listen or cultivate aspects of that inner rebel, then we are literally denying a part of ourselves. Yeah. And I've had that pretty loud in my face. I feel like I've had a number of experiences where when I deny, when I do deny that my life is hard. Yeah. It feels hard. And now that I've started to cultivate that things (laughs) start to flow and things feel easier. Imagine that. Imagine Uh, that. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the main part of what it means to me. Beautiful. So then our tagline for this podcast is conscious convos for an elevated world. So we thought we'd ask each other, uh, what a conscious conversation, what is a conscious conversation to you? And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's different for everyone. So yeah, I'd love to hear your take. So again, a little bit of what I just said about the inner rebel comes into this where I believe a conscious conversation is where we're challenging things. We're challenging the narrative of things. We're looking, we're open-minded enough to look at both sides and go, okay, why, why does that side think that and trying to understand where that's coming from or going, you know, going beneath the surface. We talked about in um, the last episode with Jen's interview, a little bit about this idea that maybe we'd share some books, you know, on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but let's critically talk about why we're sharing those books or what the what the nuggets are in there. I mean, I think, again, it's just so easy for us to have these surface level conversations. And I'm not saying that's bad all the time. We need, we can't be in these deep, deep, heavy conversations and spaces all the time. However, for me, the conscious conversation piece is really about critically thinking, challenging the status quo and going deeper, going to the emotional like hitting those triggers, like it's triggering a little bit. And so hitting those, you know, those things and those topics that we don't necessarily feel super comfortable talking about and admitting our vulnerability within that. Beautiful. I think even within the context of what you've already shared, you know, the fact that like, why did it take almost seven years for you to find a professional to tell you that you had an NDE? Mm-hmm. And, and why, you know, that's not a, any of one of those previous conversations with a medical professional was not a conscious conversation. Right. Good point. So because it was a conversation that wasn't based in all the possibilities. Emotion. And the, and the emotion. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, oh, that's a great answer. And definitely we will be diving more into that. So Ooh, exciting times. So we're going to change gears a little bit and talk about what you've already referenced sort of what flows for you is, is when you cultivate your inner rebel, it does create more flow in your life. So what has flowed for you recently or what helps provide flow 
for you in your life? Yeah. Flow. It's funny when I started um, my coaching business a couple of years ago, my tagline was less hustle, more flow. Mm -hmm. I was really seeking it. What flows for me, what I've realized about, I think I'd, for me, it's about talking about flow and what that feels like and how in general, I don't have a specific example of what has flowed for me lately, but in terms, in general, when I'm in flow, I know it's because A, I'm living in alignment with my energy, with my, again, if we reference human design with my type and so it's, and it usually looks like spaciousness. I'm giving myself the space. So I'm not in the hustle and the grind. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm giving myself that space for reflection for, I don't even want to use the term self-care, but for lack of a better term, let's use it right now. I'm conscious. I'm doing my work as in recognizing what's coming up, what's happening in my life, where something feels sticky or out of flow yeah. and actually addressing it. That's, and connection. So knowing, being connected to my values, my core values, when I'm living my core values, typically my life is in flow. Oh, and yeah. And when it's not, it's not, it's now it's, it's, I love it. Cause I'm, I'm now able to kind of catch that and bring myself back in. Yeah. And I think that's a learning process for so many people is, is once you start down this personal development journey, you realize what hasn't been flowing for you, or you have some sort of health, emotional relationship, life crisis mm -hmm. that brings your awareness or attention to the situation. And that's usually a big sign that you're not living in flow. So you're right. So right. The more you practice recognizing the early signs, the easier it is to redirect and Definitely. get into and I think space. I think it's important to note too that we're not meant to be there's it's we're not perfect right yeah. so we're not meant to be in flow all the time I think we have to be careful not to get caught up in oh my god I you know I I'm broken again I you know yeah. I don't feel like yeah. things are flowing it's about the journey is really truly about continually catching yourself and bringing yourself back in and like you say yeah. it's a muscle that the more you do it, the earlier you catch, you can catch yourself and then you don't have to suffer as much, yeah. but it's always going to continue to happen. We're always going to be kind of moving in and out. So. Yeah, that's oh, true. Great, great answer. Great, great illustration there. So this sort of flows <laughs> very nicely into mm -hmm. the next question, which is what do you consider essential for health and well-being? given that we both play in this space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess it very similar to the last question, I would say it is again, knowing, knowing my, the key things, my non-negotiables for my health and well-being is really important. And so those, that includes, I do need a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. I need rest. I need uh, space, time to myself. I also need connection. I need quality connection with my family, with my friends, with my husband, yeah. uh, what I'm putting in my body. So again, my body is sensitive. My body speaks to me <laughs> really loud <laughs> when I don't listen. Yep. So that's another key component of it. I'm, you know, I'm currently going through another version of that where I'm going even deeper into my diet and lifestyle and having to make some changes because my body's been kind of yelling at me again. So that's a really important component for me, um, you know, listening to my body. 
Yes, I love things like baths and Epsom salts and essential oils. I'm an oil junkie. Um, (laughs) My potions, I am. People, well, not not lately, people don't come to my house, but typically, you know, (laughs) friends come over, whatever, and they're like, oh, whoa. (laughs) Um, I have a lot of that kind of stuff. It, It makes me feel good. But I also recognize that it makes me feel good and it's a tool. But yeah. my health and well-being is ultimately actually being connected into my soul and knowing what feeds my soul and what I need on a regular basis and making that a number one priority. Oh, yeah. Which is and I think the other thing I would say, to do. yeah. And so the other piece of that, I guess, would be, again, I referenced it a little bit earlier, but this kind of what I call my support network that I've sort of created for myself. And so I have... Uh, Jen, you know, you're one of my, my people, you know, I have my people, I have my, my coaches and my therapists. And, you know, I have a, I have a variety of different and and it changes. So knowing what's working and what's not, but I definitely have come to know myself really well to know that, okay, I need certain people in different phases of my life to support my well being, And that's, that's again, a non-negotiable, it becomes a priority for me. So also like that piece. And, you know, a lot of people, you could actually just call that asking for help and knowing where I need the little lift and the help. I don't have to be a hundred percent responsible in that right. sense for my well being and health. So yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a lot of essentials. To, <laughs> it's a lot of essentials. That is a lot. However, it's also, it's like what you consider essential. Right. It's different not forever. Other, yeah. It's what other people 100%. consider essential is completely different. Other people might consider, you know, I say this all the time. Yeah. Like for my, with my clients, it's like for some it's running, right? Yeah. Like some of, I have clients and friends who like, they need to run. That's how they process stuff out. I'm like, shoot me. I yeah, don't want to totally. run. <laughs> I hate like, running. You will not see Jane and I running. I guarantee it. <laughs> Unless it's like running from the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. You're probably right there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know if you could challenge us to start running. Um, But yeah, no, it's a very good point you make, right? That yeah, what, and I think that's so important. And we talk about this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but what works for us doesn't necessarily mean it's the prescription for somebody else. It's really about connecting in. And so you could actually distill that really long answer I gave about all my essentials down to the actual essential is knowing and listening to my body and what I need and giving it that. Oh, beautiful. So fabulous. Mm. All right. So this brings us to the last question, which is what is something that people may not know about you that you'd like to share? Oh, this is a big question. What Mm -hmm. would I like to share that people don't know about me? I gave a few things away already in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I can elaborate. People probably don't know. My inner rebel, I've done a few, like a number of different things. I'm not a big risk taker, but yet I've done things like climb to the top of the Lionsgate Bridge uh, in Vancouver, BC. Wow. Wow. Through an experience, legally. (laughs) I did not illegally climb the bridge. Let's be clear about this. Fair enough. I had an opportunity to do that through because my previous marketing work was in um, tourism. 
Wow, cool. And so I had an opportunity through that, through a project that they were actually trying to get that off the ground and turn it into a tourist attraction, which wow. would have been very cool. So I was asked to be a part of the marketing team on that. Uh, I've I've paraglided off the top of Gross Mountain. Um, Super cool. Again, because through work. So a lot of these experiences through work. And I've done a full day um, meditation retreat at a gun range. And I have... Oh, shot yeah. a rifle and hit a, a steel target 800 yards away, something I never thought I would ever say in my life. So there's a few little fun things that, you know, I've got yeah. these sort of unique, funny little life experiences that sometimes shock myself. I'm like, oh, I never would have seen myself as doing some of these things. But when I reflect back, I've had fun little opportunities to do things like that, that have really been a big piece of my growth and have pushed me outside my comfort zone. So oh, love it. Yeah, you'll hear, I'm sure you'll hear more about these nuggets that Jane and I will be dropping all along the way with our stories and with down the road, we are going to have guests. Uh, so it mm -hmm. will be fun to explore this, something that people may not know about you or that you'd like to share. And they'll they'll change over time. So yeah, that sort of wraps us up. Is there anything else you wanted to share or shall we call it a day? No, I think... I mean, we could probably talk for hours, but no, let's, uh, yeah. let's, we have talked for we hours. We have talked for hours. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, let's wrap it there. I think, uh, like you say, lots more will come out as yeah. we dive deeper into these topics, but yeah. So thanks Hopefully. for listening and thanks for being with us. And there will be more conscious combos down the road and we hope you will be a part of them. All right. Have an awesome day, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.